On Thursday this week, Sikyong Pimba Sering of the Central Tibetan Administration, who is currently embarking on a three-week-long official tour of Baltic states, Finland, the UK, the Belgium and South India has completed his first lake of four cities in the Baltic states. Sikyong is back in London to attend the Warwick Economic Summit today. To tell us more about Sikyong's official visit in the Baltic states and level of Tibet support from these states, I'm very pleased to have Representative Sonam Farsi, who heads the Office of Tibet in the United Kingdom and Baltic regions, joining us from London. Uh, and welcome to our program, Kongala. Uh, so, uh, the Honorable Si Kyung completed the official tour of uh, four Baltic states, uh, namely Tallinn, Helsinki, uh, Riga and Vilnius uh, yesterday. And uh, can you please briefly tell us the uh, purpose of this official trip uh, starting from Estonia? And I believe uh, Si Kyung, uh, this is his first visit to Estonia. Mm -hmm. Um, I trust the letter to you as well and to the listeners of Tibet TV. Uh, the main purpose of the trip is, of course, for uh, diplomatic uh, advocacy in the Baltic states. Uh, that also included Finland, uh, fortunately, because the uh, proximity of the geography is very near. Uh, also, uh, the reason why we started, uh, why we had to start it, uh, start our uh, a journey from Estonia uh, was on the 25th of uh, January. The Estonian Parliament, uh, the Estonian Parliamentary Foreign Affairs Commission, has uh, organized a hearing on the status of Tibet. So to uh, coincide with that, uh, the whole. Uh, a Baltic States uh, program for Sikyong has been organized. That was the pillar of our aim of our main uh, purpose. Uh, the uh, hearing was uh, attended by two uh, experts, Professor Hongxing Lao, uh, a Chinese professor um, who has worked in mainland China, who has worked in uh, Hong Kong, America, and many universities in the world. Uh, and uh, he has looked into the uh, imperial records, imperial only imperial records of China, and uh, his book uh, has concluded, and he has found that uh, prior to uh, 1949, before the emergence of communist China, China has never considered Tibet as part of China. So this is very important for our um, conversation in the uh, world that although we accept that uh, the middle way approach is our best scenario, but uh, looking at the history gives us the opportunity where the status of Tibet was in relation to uh, China. So that is very important in historical terms. The second expert was Mr. Uh, Professor uh, Michael Van Walt Van Prague. He is an uh, international uh, uh, law expert and he has been uh, working with uh, Tibet for many, many years. And uh, of course, he has written many books. But uh, in 2020, he came out with a book uh, 
in consultation with the many uh, uh, experts on Inner Asia historical and uh, uh, links with Tibet. And he and they have concluded uh, in the book titled Tibet 2020 that Tibet has never been a part of China. And the fact that the, the book really says the uh, 1950-51 s situation is exactly the same of what Russia has done to Ukraine. So the, what the international law that is now accepted as a norm for the invasion of Ukraine by Russia has to be applied to the invasion of Tibet. So that was the main thrust of, and of course, Pedro Sichon has given a overview of the current situation in Tibet. And then I also concluded the hearing uh, on concentrating mainly uh, on the theme of uh, how the Chinese Communist China has ruled Tibet in terms of how the colonials have done in the past. And I, of course, my thrust of my talk was mainly to link uh, the purpose of Genesis vision for Tibet and the necessity for Buddhism and peace in the world. So regaining Tibet's uh, rightful self-determination is precursor to the world's uh, peace. So that was the start of where we started uh, in uh, Estonia. And from there onward, of course, we uh, had to start with the, we visited uh, Finland. Uh, we had a very good, uh, fruitful uh, meeting with the Finnish uh, um, foreign uh, ministry. We have met with uh, members of parliament. So, so that was the main purpose. Gongla, can you give us a brief background on the Tibet support group uh, in Estonia, uh, more specifically uh, the parliamentary uh, support for Tibet, and also uh, how were the responses of the Estonian media and people on uh, Sikyongla's uh, visit uh, there? And in general, is there uh, any renewal in the relationship uh, between Tibet and uh, Estonia? The best way to describe this would be to combine the three Baltic uh, states together. Uh, because um, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia got uh, independence from the Soviet Union uh, in uh, 1990, 1991, uh, more or less together. Uh, and um, after their in, uh, independence declaration, His Holiness the Dalai Lama uh, sent a telegram to the Lithuanian uh, parliament uh, recognizing the peaceful and appreciating the peaceful uh, liberation of the Baltic states. And this is something that they have cherished uh, uh, from the very beginning. And of course, His Holiness was the first uh, uh, world leader to recognize them. And then uh, His Holiness made a visit uh, to all three Baltic states in 1990, in the fall of 1990, October 1991. That really cemented the relationship between uh, Tibet, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and the three Baltic states. People in uh, Baltic states, people in the, uh, all three Baltic states have a, a very uh, uh, courteous uh, and uh, 
close inf in, in, in infinity with Tibetans uh, through His Holiness the Dalai Lama and with the experience of what they have gone through, losing independence, regaining independence from the Soviet Union and the communist rule that, uh, that they have been subjugated. So the experience of <coughs> Estonians uh, in this, but in your question, Estonians, uh, and there are um, very similar similarities, how they have gone through, how their uh, language has been uh, uh, degraded, how their social, cultural have been uh, trying, uh, have been minimized during the Soviet Union time, so that Soviet uh, language, Russian language, Soviet culture is imposed on on them, uh, which is what is happening in Tibet now. So this is a, a shared experience that uh, they feel very close with us, and uh, uh, within the limits of uh, <clears throat> what they can do, they, they feel uh, they should give uh, support to Tibet, and uh, in morality, in moral terms, they are always uh, very close with us, and uh, that tend to give their support to us. Uh, so that's uh, the background of how uh, these Baltic states have come about with uh, uh, Tibet. So, Kungla, can you talk us through the uh, support for our cause uh, from the, uh, the, the parliamentarians uh, in this uh, Baltic regions? And uh, what are the numbers, uh, if you can talk about it? In general, the uh, Publics are very uh, sympathetic to Tibet, and within the uh, parliamentary uh, system, uh, we have a parliamentary uh, support group for uh, Tibet in Estonia, in Latvia, and in Lithuania. Uh, officially registered uh, supports, and the MPs are uh, very uh, supportive. Uh, last year, uh, I met with the speaker. Um, His Holiness has met with the president of Estonia. So we this time also uh, um, when whilst we are in the Estonian Parliament, uh, the speaker came and uh, um, met with uh, Sichong uh, as well as the chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. So I think um, by and large, uh, it is quite a good uh, support system in Estonia. There are uh, think tanks who are willing to exchange. Uh, uh, opinions, listen to Tibetans. Uh, so uh, overall, I would say the support is very uh, good and dynamic. And uh, in Riga, Latvia, Konsigion uh, participated in the public dialogue on law, ethics mm -hmm. and uh, morality. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more on the talk and uh, what's Tibet's relation uh, with the government of Latvia? And we also know that over the years we have... Uh, Latvia in Riga, we have uh, the Central Tibetan Administration have hosted the seventh WPCT World Parliamentary uh, uh, Conference uh, there. So, um, can you uh, tell us more on that? Mm -hmm. uh, again, um, <clears throat> very similar to Estonia, we have the uh, support group uh, in uh, Latvia, uh, and also we have support group in the Parliament in Latvia. Uh, I have very good relationship uh, with the uh, foreign ministry in Latvia. Uh, so, so uh, if you go back to the uh, uh, 2019 uh, World Parliamentary Conference, uh, 
this this was more more or less uh, when I first uh, started uh, to work in the office of Tibet. Uh, I visited them and I explained to them we have a very important meeting, uh, and they have no problem. They were they was uh, very uh, generous in saying the Latvian government will not object. They will uh, uh, make sure the visas are uh, given to all the Tibetans. So, uh, in in terms of their uh, help or their willingness to accept the status of Tibet, in terms of uh, within the policy of their one uh, one China policy, they say, but uh, yeah, they are very close. They they are always uh, happy to help. But unfortunately, Latvia is slightly different from Estonia and Lithuania in terms of they have much bigger Russian population. Uh, I think Latvia has around 25, 24, 23% of their population is uh, Russian. Uh, Russian. So this um, program that Bandesijong um, uh, has interacted with one uh, actor, uh, Arthur, from Moscow. Uh, he is now an exile in uh, uh, Latvia. In, he lives in Riga. And the conversation was really, he wanted to uh, understand as a Russian, because he's, uh, uh, he has become uh, uh, in, uh, an, uh, as an exile uh, only a few uh, months ago. So he, it was a conversation of uh, understanding the situation of Tibet through a various uh, questions and answer session. So that was very useful because uh, sometimes when we talk to people, we only narrate what we think is the most important message we want to give. But when we, when we have a one-to-one -one conversation, and uh, there are many dynamics in how people think, how people perceive Tibetan situation. And this was a conversation with this actor, and it was very well attended. Uh, and uh, the program was uh, very useful, and uh, it was recorded. Once we have the material, we will share it with Tibet uh, TV, of course. And Kumosigyongla uh, ended the Baltic State uh, visit uh all the advocacy on Tibet in Vilnius, uh, Lithuania, right? And uh, which has, uh, which is a country like the other Baltic states has experiences of uh, uh, suffering under the communist regime over the uh, period of years. Uh, so uh, can you explain to us uh, how does, uh, in more little bit more in detail, how does the people in the Baltic region uh, perceive or see uh, Tibet or Tibetan people in general? They, uh, I think uh, it is fair to say that, uh, you know, of course, in all society, they, they will have uh, uh, people who are very close to uh, a cause. Uh, there are people who are indifferent. There are people uh, who uh, have different or opposite opinions. But in the, by and large, in all Baltic states, uh, what the majority, I, I would say, that we come across uh, things that what uh, Tibet has gone through and how uh, Tibet was annexed by China 
is unfortunate and it is uh, I won't say whether they appreciate it whether it's illegal or not but it is unjust so this is uh, one uh, theme of the feeling of Tibet that uh, a big country occupying uh, another small country okay we are big in terms of land but in terms of <coughs> population Tibet is uh, a small country uh, so annexation of territory by force uh, is not acceptable in international law i think this is a general theme in all baltic states perhaps because of their experience <coughs> the way they see tibet is through the if i'm honest uh, through the eye of his holiness dalai lama uh, tibet wouldn't be registering in these people uh, in these areas without the uh, visits of his holiness has uh, had many visits to Baltic states almost three four uh, five times because there are people uh, are willing to listen to his holiness and also the closeness the people have shown to his holiness so really the respect of this population to his holiness as a guiding uh, philosopher a guiding moral person in this world is very much appreciated the all baltic states three of them are catholics uh, in terms of religion uh, they have their own religion but his holiness is uh, an exceptional person that everybody looks up to in this uh, baltic states so um, you know one of the main reason uh, why his holiness made so many visits to baltic states is uh, over the past uh, okay his holiness last visit to baltic states was in 2018 before that almost for four or five years continuously his holiness has visited uh, riga and of course once you are in riga you tend to visit all three states because he was uh, his, his holiness was teaching to the uh, russian uh, buddhist population who are able to come to baltic states uh, from the kalmykia buria uh, tuba and all this because it's much closer and uh, going to india to uh, listen to his holiness teaching in india is very expensive uh, and it's a very long uh, journey so it's much closer Uh, to this uh, population and also his holiness is um, very kind enough to uh, give this support and help the uh, visits to uh, visits to uh, uh, baltic states so this is a combination of maybe is a karmic uh, thing that uh, there is a big connection not only in terms of religion but as a appreciation of his holiness as a personality in this world a guiding light uh, the fact is this when sikyong <coughs> uh, visited uh, um, lithuanian uh, parliament this time when we were having a, a conference of the uh, lawmakers uh, the father of uh, lithuania uh, professor lens burgess came he is now 93 years old and he came simply to lend the support to tibet because he has met his holiness many times and of course 
he is uh, something, uh, one person that brings Lithuania all together and his support and his vision of Tibet is very close to what His Holiness has been talking about. And uh, before signing off with this conversation, uh, Kongola, um, I'd like to uh, know, uh, how would you describe uh, this uh, more than a week uh, uh, trip, uh, official trip, visit to the uh, Baltic states? How would you describe it? Um, um, how would I describe it? I think it's... Um, um, I'm sure uh, Sijong uh, must have felt it very tiring. I, I, I mean, it's, uh, he's... He's doing the most of the job. Uh, it's a one week long. And uh, we wanted also, whilst we are making the program, we wanted to make sure that Sikyo uh, has the opportunity to meet uh, foreign ministry officials, uh, discuss about Tibetan situation, current Tibetan situation, historical Tibetan situation, uh, and the future of Tibet uh, in terms of China and Tibet. Uh, foreign ministry in the sense that they are the executives, they are the people who are uh, discussing uh, Tibet situations with like-minded other countries. They are the, make, they are the people who are making the policies, uh, directives uh, of uh, each government. So that is very important from the Office of Tibet point of view, that uh, whenever he's on, uh, whenever Tijo uh, travels, uh, he meets and uh, has the opportunity to put the case of Tibet to the foreign ministry's officials. And in terms of uh, uh, meetings with the lawmakers, the parliamentarians, again, there are also the instruments in making the policies of uh, foreign ministries. They are the people who give the directives to the uh, uh, ministries Although, of course, uh, it, it is uh, by law or by uh, directives. So it's very important that Sikyong also has the uh, personal uh, meetings with uh, MPs, uh, discussions with them. The other aspects of the meetings that we normally organize is, apart from the uh, ministry, uh, foreign ministry's meeting and the parliament meeting, we always uh, try to... <clears throat> make sure that we interact with uh, other like-minded think tanks because these are the people, these are the institutions who do extensive research and they advise uh, EU uh, countries, they advise their own country and they share their knowledge to other people. So these are also very important centers for us to uh, make our cases heard if they haven't read it. We have, of course, coming from Tibet, uh, we have first-hand information inside Tibet. Of, of course, we get it uh, not very uh, uh, extensively, but at least uh, whatever uh, Sikyong has experienced, whatever Sikyong hears from <coughs> Tibetans inside Tibet, uh, unofficially or officially is a knowledge that is useful to foreign ministries and parliamentaries in these countries. So it's a, <clears throat> I always view these meetings as a 
not just advocacy, oh, we would like to tell you this and that. I have this feeling that these exchanges that we have with the ministries and parliamentaries is a two-way traffic that we have information that is useful to them for understanding Tibet and China. So it is uh, interactive. They need to feel that the visit that his Tijong uh, is making is useful to them, not simply because oh, Sonam is telling us to meet this person, but it is uh, important for them the uh, usefulness of the information that is being shared by Sikyong and ourselves to these uh, people. So in, in terms of all this, of course, your main question was, how was it? What was the... So I think he was, uh, by nature, work, uh, traveling and uh, talking uh, continuously is starting. But I think uh, overall, uh, the visit was uh, useful, fruitful, uh, and uh, we had... Uh, uh, many uh, interviews, uh, both uh, visual uh, broadcasts, uh, national TVs, and print uh, media. So I think um, overall, I, I would say uh, it was a very good uh, visit. So we are now today yeah. in London, and uh, Sikyong will participate again here in London. Uh, we have organized, uh, uh, I sometimes organize for Sikyong's, this one and previous, within universities, there are very expert people who are uh, experts in different universities advising government in uh, UK. So I uh, have organized a closed door meeting. This will not be uh, advertised. Closed door meeting uh, with Sikyong, with uh, King's College. Uh, and this will be, uh, Sikyong will discuss, uh, lay down the fundamentals of Tibet to these experts. They are experts on China, they are experts on India, they are experts on lots of things, six, seven people, and uh, they will uh, hopefully uh, discuss how best uh, we can navigate Tibet situation, knowing uh, lots of different uh, areas of expertise. So uh, Sikyong has a very expensive, uh, extensive uh, uh, program uh, today, uh, full day. Uh, we'll be meeting a support group uh, as well. But tomorrow, he, uh, the main reason that his visit to UK was he will be doing a lecture at the uh, World Economic uh, Summit, which is a very uh, important uh, uh, platform uh, for many uh, important speakers. So. Sikyo has the opportunity, and I hope this will uh, give a boost to, to Tibet and course. Um, so, Kungula, these are my questions, and uh, thank you so much for taking out your taking out the time for us from your busy schedule, and it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for talking to us about Kungula's uh, visit to the Baltic region and uh, organize uh, and uh, from your office in London. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching and see you all in the next episode of In Conversation with Tibet TV.